The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Doug Powell, and I'm the president of the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss. And we are very happy to have you here today and very happy to be learning about what VSA is and what ADLNC is and what big data is and all that and what it means to uh, us at ACB and AAVL. So we, we have with us today, um, uh, Danette Dixon is, is, is here to help me out. Um, and also Anicio Correa, who is, all, who is our vice president and who is also the, um, on, on the, um, uh, the ACLNC, which is, I'm sorry, AVLNC, the uh, uh, Aging and Vision Loss, Loss National Coalition. Um, and we'll, we'll talk to him a little bit about what he's up to a, a little later. Um, we are also joined by Libby Murphy, who is the uh, director of programming for, um, for the Vision Serve Alliance, which is what VSA stands for. Um, the big really, uh, the big, uh, <laughs> the big reveal, right? <laughs> VSA stands for Vision Serve Alliance. And then we yeah. also have Chris Rogers, uh, who also works at the uh, Aging and Vision Loss National Coalition. And uh, so we have some, Great people who are who have been in this field for quite a while, and um, uh, bringing you an idea of what they've been up to and why we're such uh, good strategic partners with uh, VSA. We we hear it at ACB and, and AAVL. So, um, and I think Lee Nasahi has Lee come in yet? She will be joining us in a minute. She was detained, but she will be here shortly. Okay, great. Uh, so uh, I'll just introduce her now. Lee Nasahi is the founder and, and um, CEO of the Vision Serve Alliance. Um, so, uh, and you know, some of us may know her from her uh, other hat uh, that she wears at ACB. She's on the, um, the advisory board. Lee uh, has joined. There she is. Oh, great. So I'm just introducing you, Lee, as the... Uh, oh, thank you. Sorry about that. Never fails. I always get a phone call when... <laughs> right. So I was just mentioning that some of us may know your name because you're on ACB's advisory board as well as the, your uh, CEO status at, uh, yeah, at Vision right. Serve Alliance. So let's just jump in. Um, what is VSA? How is it different, and how is it the same as the a, uh, the Alliance on a I'm sorry, the Aging and Vision Loss National Coalition? Yeah, the Alliance is your name, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, my brain is programmed to just blah, you know spit it out. Um, yeah, we love all these these names. Well, how about I start with explaining what leaders what Vision Serve Alliance is, and then Libby. Um, and, and maybe Chris jump in, talk more about the AVLNC. Is that all right? Sounds great. Okay. So Vision Serve Alliance is a national association. It's actually international. We have one Canadian member and we're a leadership collective of organizations that you, we no longer have just individual members. Organizations have to join. We are a 501c3 a nonprofit, and we have 135 organizations that are members right now. And our mission, we're, we're all about the same thing, improving opportunities and services for people who are blind and, and have low vision of all ages. Um, but we do that in a lot of different ways. So I like to use the analogy of a rotary for Vision Serve Alliance because we really have two, two focal points. We First of all, we exist to assure that our member organizations are strong and healthy 
that their leaders are strong and healthy and that they have the resources that they need to the best of our ability. We don't give them money, but we are working towards things that will raise all boats in our, in our community. And then the other is that we then work together to address these large issues that no one of us can deal with uh, alone individually. So, you know, the funding model, legislation, standards. So those kinds of things that it really takes a community to impact. Vision Serve Alliance is involved in organizing and bringing together and, and hopefully helping us move forward in resolving some of those things. Um, we are paid for primarily by our membership dues. Um, but I'll say, you know, primarily that pays not even quite half. It is the largest amount of money, a single source that we get. Our dues are assessed on a sliding fee scale based on the member organization's operating annual operating expenses. So our dues range from $500 a year to $10,000 a year. We do have a few organizations whose expenses are high enough to pay that 10,000, but um, a third of our organizational members have uh, annual operating budgets of less than a million dollars. So we have a lot of little orgs who are members too. Um, but we also write grants, we accept donations, um, and then we have revenue that we earn through consulting services and the big data project and things like that. We only have three full-time staff members and I'm one of them. And we do have one full-time contracted staff and that's Libby. And then the we have a few uh, part-time, you know, like contracted services, marketing, um, our accountant, payroll, things like that. So that's kind of an overview of vision serve. And then Libby, would you like to talk about the Aging and Vision Loss National Coalition? I would be happy to uh, to do that as a segue to introducing uh, Pris, who has been uh, the shepherd of this program for even before it joined, uh, became a program of Vision Serve Alliance. And <clears throat> so the um, Aging and Vision Loss National Coalition is a group of leaders throughout the nation representing, oh, y'all, excuse me, um, representing uh, local uh, vision rehabilitation providers, or they've worked in, um, you know, the state office or, they, or, or local offices. So it's, it's a collective of people throughout the nation who have, at some point in their life, they've seen the value and the need for attention to be paid to aging and vision loss and have come together to advance the, the idea of creating equal access for people, older Americans with vision loss to contribute to their quality of life as opposed to just, uh, an outcome of, oh, well, you know, people get older, they lose their vision. That's just the way it goes. And um, <clears throat> that's what aging and vision loss addresses. And uh, Pris, if you don't mind me handing that over to you, uh, it is an all volunteer run organization. And uh, it, it doesn't have any direct income for its programs. It's supported by grants and donations and um, Vision Serve Alliance funding. And uh, the person who is the glue, who has kept AVLNC together and continues to shepherd the program and all of the, those who are involved in it is Pris Rod Dr. Chris Rogers, who's on mute.
Chris, are you there? I couldn't make it unmute. I kept pushing all day, all day, all day. And, you know, it wouldn't do anything. Meanwhile, I'm yelling at Libby and telling her, you know, don't say those things. Um, Anyway, uh, uh, I was so delighted a few years ago when uh, a number of us who Libby just described, leaders in this field of aging and vision loss, were kind of at loose ends on what to do because we had started this whole movement and didn't after Epi kind of changed their, uh, their, what they were wanting to do, uh, we didn't have a home. And so it's, it's wonderful that VisionServe under Lee's leadership took this on because um, this is such an important thing for us. We have so many older people with vision loss who do not get the services they need, who are left out and uh, misunderstood, all those things. And so the coalition really has taken this on with with a passion and it, it's really awesome i've forgotten libby how many days of the year you said we have committee meetings now around all the things we're working on i think it was 260 or something like that so you can tell all of us are working really hard in, in a number of different ways and we have three main priorities uh related to the coalition awareness uh and uh like include increasing the awareness among the general public professionals and particularly older people and their families of the issues that people with vision older people with vision loss face uh then we uh also are concerned about the funding for vision rehabilitation services which as most of you probably know on this call is it's been around 33 million dollars for 15 years, which means actually, I mean, we've lost money because if you look at the inflation, uh, that's not very much money nationwide to run a program. And although a lot of nonprofit agencies raise a lot of the money themselves to provide services, still the federal funding is is just uh, ridiculous. So it's something that we felt like we needed to work on. And then, of course, the need to expand personnel, expanding the pool of qualified vision uh, impairment specialists. Um, is also critical, including uh, helping other professions understand what we're about. Uh, For example, gerontologists and healthcare providers, because we haven't done a very good job of connecting aging, vision loss, and healthcare. And that's one of the things that we've really thought a lot about with this national coalition. So um, we came up with a theory of change for the coalition. And uh, with the long-term outcome of Older adults with vision loss will successfully age in place and be able to engage in meaningful activities by having an increased awareness of and access to resources, professional vision rehab services, and independent living tools. Now, that's a big leap. It's a really big leap. But we we feel very confident that with the committees that we've established with the uh, group of people who are involved in the coalition, that we can make this happen. But the only way we can make it it happen is to get others like yourselves involved in this whole uh, effort. And how how can we make this work together? So they're all working together as a team to to, uh, make this happen for older people with vision loss. So uh, that's kind of in a nutshell, uh, what AVLNC is about. We have four committees, public policy and funding, data and research, public awareness, and access to quality services. And each one of those committees is working on a different aspect of what I just talked about. Um, The public policy and funding, uh, I'm working with Mark Reichert on that. uh, And we've been working on a new uh, piece of legislation uh, called Teddy Joy's Law, uh, named after Teddy Joy Rimheld, who was very involved in this organization, as a matter of fact, and whom I met many years ago, uh, quite an advocate. Uh, And so we thought it was very appropriate to work on a law that would embrace her uh, um, and what she was all about. But uh, basically the uh, the law, I won't go into it now, but it's really to do all those things that we just talked about in terms of improving the lives of older people with vision loss. We have the data and research committee, and they're the ones who are taking the lead along with Libby and Lee, of course, on the big data project, as well as a lot of other parts to that in terms of research. Public awareness, um, we talked about a minute ago, just the importance of the understanding of, of vision loss and the public perception. Uh, and, and then people, older people themselves ha- already have those misconceptions about what vision loss is all about. So there's a lot to be done in that whole area of public awareness, 
and then of course access to quality services. So we have committees around all of those things and then also, Anisio has been working on another project around consumer advocacy. So those are the main pieces um, that we have with the coalition. And I'm going to stop there because I've talked too far too long and far too fast. So I'm going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would like to know a little bit. I think I think the people uh, tuning in would, would, would like to know a little bit more about the big data project because... Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I know the name Big Data Project, but I, I've sort of forgotten what it is that this project is, you know, what data is being compiled and, and how and how it's going to help us. Because I'd really like uh, our affiliates to know that they can, you know, they can use this big data um, in their advocacy for, you know, for older people who are blind and, and maybe even uh, younger people who are blind as well. So um, could, could you talk a little bit more about what kinds of findings were, you know, come out of that big data project um, that we could, you know, that we might be able to use? Absolutely. Uh, this is Libby. I'd be glad to. Sure. Uh, so the big, the big data project is um, a project that is translational research. It takes research that's already been done. And it's looked at in a, in a different way to be able to provide data that um, we all know that our field is sorely lacking in data. We've told our story for years, and, but now you got to have the data to back it up. And so this project provides state level uh, data on the rate of blindness and low vision among people age 65 and older. Uh, and it also provides that information down to the county level, and that previously has not been available. So it's one thing to say, I'm from Louisiana, so y'all forgive me, I use Louisiana a lot because I know Louisiana. Um, <clears throat> it's one thing to say in the state of Louisiana, there is a prevalence, uh, statewide prevalence of vision loss among people age 65 and older, that's 12.9%, but where in Louisiana are they? Okay, so this then provides that information down to the parish or county level. And that's done by using uh, data sets that already exist. One is the Behavioral Risk Factor Surveillance System, BRFSS, which is a, um, an annual survey that is done by the Centers for Disease Control. And um, it is the nation's largest, if not the world's largest uh, telephone survey. And so there's that set of data. And we also are, I say we, in our partnership, when I say we in this case, we're talking about the partnership between Vision Serve Alliance, AVLNC, and the Ohio State University College of Optometry, who worked with us in, um, in doing this research and crunching the numbers. So the other data set that's used is the American Community Survey from the U.S. Census. The intersectionality of those two surveys is, do you still have difficulty seeing even with um, corrective lenses? That's not exactly the sentence, but I say it different every time, but that's essentially what it asks. So by uh, having that intersectionality, they can look at all of that data and then translate it uh, to the county level. But here's the other thing it does. It looks at more than vision loss because, you know, people being people, they have other things going on too. So it looks at comorbidities, you know, co-disabilities and, um, you know, mental health status and health-related quality of life, economic factors in, um, involved in the uh, social determinants of health. So it looks at a lot of different factors and so that we could say, okay, um, in this state, there are the, the percentage of people age 65 and older who uh, have depression is, I don't have any of the reports in front of me, I'm sorry, I should have, um, is 
uh, say, 12%. But asking the same question of people uh, age 65 and older who have vision loss, that figure may be three, four, even five times that figure. These are all important things to look at whenever um, you're thinking about either delivering services. I mean, uh, for people who are, say, O&M instructors, wouldn't they want to be aware of the fact that um, there may be many more people who have had a heart attack or a stroke uh, who have vision loss than people without. So there are, you know, lots of different ways to use this data. And um, these truly, these reports, then there's one done for each state or in process of being done for each state plus the District of Columbia, and then there's one national report. And it provides a comprehensive description of older people with vision impairment at the state and county levels in one document. So what does that mean for people who want to use it? What does it mean for you as a member or affiliate of, of uh, ACB or AAVL? Then what you can do with this is you can advocate for services. It provides data to, in, uh, to support vision rehabilitation services for older people who have vision loss. And not only advocating for vision, um, vision rehabilitation services, but access to those services. Now, in Louisiana, most of uh, the largest areas the areas with the highest rates of, of vision loss among older people are extremely rural. And I mean, they can't even get to a doctor and much less have somebody take them into town a few days a week to receive services. So um, it's, it can be used for advocacy purposes, for resource planning, um, and quite frankly, for fundraising. You know, whether you're writing grants or uh, having an event and you want to let people know uh, the importance of this information. Many of these, uh, the reports that have been published are reports that are paid for. And you can access these on uh, the Vision Serve uh, Alliance website um, and uh, Aging and Vision Loss National Coalition. There's a tab in there for that. And um, if you're wondering what you can do to support your state, your community, and people who are aging and have vision loss, you can use this data. And your membership in AABL already demonstrates your commitment to be involved in advancing people, uh, the quality of life for people who have vision loss. The big data gives you the ammunition. Data is the ammunition at the local, state, and federal levels. Great, thanks, Libby. Uh, how so? There, uh, if I remember correctly, there are about half of the states have reports that are are completed. We do have twenty five states um, for which the reports have either been paid for or we have pledges for those and uh, for which those reports are finished or in production. Then we have, um, and when I say states in this case, I'm also including District of Columbia in the national report. Okay. Um, we do have 27 states uh, that are um, un unfunded and we have no pledges for it. We will continue to seek funding for the rest of those because we will have every state's report. If it's not funded, it won't be published, uh, but um, we continue to seek that funding. And for those who are interested about, well, how could I help make sure my state is included in that? Then you can help us <clears throat> by advocating to your state agency. Because some of this, uh, some of these reports have been paid for uh, by state agencies. The state of Texas, the Texas Workforce Commission, called us and said, "We want on that list right now," and they pay for it. Some states are using their 
um, OIB funds the, um, for uh, supporting this. Because it's so overfunded, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. OIB. <laughs> well, you know, and that's the thing. OIB, $33 million to, to be spread across the entire United States, that works out, what, $2.75 a person? I so, I mean, what can you do with that? But this is an investment to be able to use these reports to talk about uh, to your um, con- your state's congressional delegation about the importance of additional funding for aging and vision loss. So, um, you know, and you do, may do know, you know how much private I'm sorry? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you know how much... Uh, those the reports are, are are costing yes what kind of it's funding we're trying to raise dollars per report a thousand ten thousand ten thousand thank you ten thousand uh per report and if i can put in a personal experience on this uh, i used to be um president ceo louisiana association for the blind in shreveport louisiana and um at one time i tried to uh find out a way that we could collect this kind of data for the state of Louisiana that would cover everybody, you know, uh, all ages uh, with, with vision loss in our state, because there are just no statistics. And um, I talked to the LSU public policy research lab that does this kind of work. And we worked it through, talked about exactly what we were looking for, you know, format, da, 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 $155,000. Mm. So $10,000, yeah, it's a bargain. <laughs> it truly is because you have a toolkit. It's not just a report, it's a toolkit. And can you tell I'm on my soapbox? <laughs> but uh, it truly is a toolkit so that when people, when, when we start advocating uh, on behalf of people our age who have vision loss, who may develop it, we have this toolkit of ammunition to use so that if they say, well, you know, I just don't know, know those numbers are all that big in the state. Well, Congressperson so-and-so in your district, here are the numbers. Yeah. Great. Um, what are there, what, uh, um, I don't know who's best to answer this, but I, I was, I was happy to, um, to be included in the um, the steering committee meeting where you were um, finalizing the goals for this this year, um, and I was wondering if if you, if someone could summarize uh, some of the other activities that uh, and we're we're going to leave Anisio's uh, project for for a, a little bit later, but I was wondering if somebody could summarize some of the other. Projects because I was really impressed at at what uh, what uh, AVLNC is up to in the coming year and how hard they work on on the issues that that they've uh, decided to tackle. You want me to start, Libby? And if you would please, you can jump in so you can take a, a breath. <laughs> um, yeah, so we do have. I'll I'll talk about the highlights of the work of each of the committees. And then there's a couple of special things that the steering committee is doing, which includes Anisio's project. Um, But in data and research, besides the big data project for aging and vision loss, we are um, right now designing the next phase of the big data project that will focus on people with blindness and low vision aged 18 to 64. Um, The data we look at and the questions we answer will be a little bit different than what we did with aging and vision loss, but also pretty sweeping and provide a lot of information and insight into who those people are. Um, Libby covered this a little bit when she was explaining big data, but I'd like to sort of put a an um, exclamation point on that. Our studies focus on who the people are who are blind and visually impaired, not just the numbers. Uh, Typically you look at incidents and prevalence reports. It just tells you the number and it talks about diseases. It doesn't talk about people. So our, our reports focus on 
people living with blindness and low vision and what their needs are and their experiences. So anyway, there's that second phase of that, but there's also other things that the data and research committee are working on. Um, MSU is going to host our reference library because we have um, collected lots and lots of studies and materials that um, we want folks to be able, uh, not just our members, but everybody to be able to access. Um, they have other research projects that are in the works. And uh, there's a, a webinar. We are offering a series of webinars related to data and research so that the average person in our community understands why it's important and how to use it. And there's a super important outcome measures project that's um, now being piloted by several of our uh, Vision Serve Alliance vision rehabilitation organizations. It's outcome measures on vision rehabilitation. And that came out of a subgroup of the committee. Um, in public awareness, we are moving towards, we hope one day having the Ad Council sponsor a huge education campaign around aging and vision loss. So we have taken the first step and are working with their marketing arm. Um, but there is a whole annual, it goes beyond a year plan with lots of details that our co-chair Sue Drotty has put together. She's a marketing professional and we have the privilege of her serving as our co-chair on the public awareness committee and also on contract with VisionServe to do some of our marketing. This lady knows what she's doing. She's put together a detailed plan. There's lots of volunteer opportunities connected to that. Um, we are putting together a comprehensive program of creating aging and vision loss and vision rehabilitation awareness among individuals, aging networks, elected leadership, medical communities, et cetera. We are, many of us are out there um, attending conferences that are not in our normal circuit and meetings trying to spread the word and create new partnerships in health and aging and, and, and medical community in particular. Um, so policy and funding, Chris mentioned Teddy Joy's Law. That's a huge initiative there. And we are also involved in the drafting of some language for the reauthorization of the Older Americans Act, because here's a fun fact. The word vision is mentioned about a half a dozen times, and that's all in the Older Americans Act. So we are trying to get some additional language inserted there. Um, and we pay attention to other laws and, you know, we, we won't take the lead on anything that's another organization is, but you know, like the accessibility work that ACB is doing, we are 100% in support of that and trying to help move that along as well. And um, Libby wanted to remind us that all politics are local. So all these things that we're working at the federal level really begin at home and having an army of advocates with boots on the ground in local areas is, is super important. Any any other um, committee work that I left out, Libby or Chris? And then Chris, you want to talk about the academy? Um, one other working group that we just set up uh, was the transportation. Oh, right. Group. Sorry. Yes. Talk about and that. We're yeah, we're still working through that whole mission and so forth. But we did a series of transportation webinars last year and found through those webinars that there's a great deal of interest. In, tra in transportation, as we all know, that we felt it, we needed to take a look at it separately from Teddy Joy and some of the other policy and funding groups. So um, uh, Ron Brooks and Denise Jess have agreed to be the co-chairs of that working group. And like I said, we're getting our feet on the ground, but we are looking for committee members, people who are Working group members, I'll say that it's working group, underlying working group, uh, <laughs> to work on on this particular uh, initiative. So, uh, if you are interested, you can let us know. You can let Anisha know, or remember he knows how to, to let the rest of us know. So, uh, so that's one 
thing uh, that we didn't mention. Um, on the Leadership Academy, um, one of the things that I've long been concerned about is the fact that we don't really have a whole lot of people coming along who have who are leaders and who have a knowledge base on aging and vision loss. And so that's something that I've felt very strongly that we need. And so uh, we put together a curriculum for uh, that particular academy. It would be a year-long program and, and include not only knowledge about aging and vision loss, but leadership principles and strategic planning and, and all those sorts of things. Um, we have a budget for it, but we haven't found the funding for that yet. But it's still something that's near and dear to all of us that we want to get going uh, sooner than later, I hope. <laughs> um, so anyway, but it, it's um, and we're, we're looking at maybe 10 to 12 people uh, as an initial group uh, to be involved in it and a mentoring type of aspect to it as well. So um, it's it's like I said, an important part of what we want to uh, want to get going on. And these leaders are the ones who hopefully will take on this AVLNC as we move forward in the future. <laughs> you know, we've got to plan our, our progress. Planning. Yeah, right. So absolutely. Great. Super. Um, Anisio, um, what is it that you've been working on? And um, yeah. So what what is and how does it fit into you know to, to the whole scheme of things? Sure. Well, first of all, it's, it's great to be here uh, on this monthly call of the Alliance on Aging and Visual Loss. You know, it's not always the case that you're able to combine your interests, your professional interests, with your uh, consumer and advocacy interests. And I I've been so fortunate that uh, in retirement I've been able to continue my uh, professional um, interests and influence around, you know, with my work with uh, around the Aging and Vision Loss National Coalition. And at the same time, my consumer and advocacy interests around, um, around these issues with ACB and the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss, where I am the, I guess, currently the vice president. So, and the, the only reason I'm able to do that is because those the, the two things are so connected and the goals of the coalition are, in, in fact, so well aligned with um, a lot of the initiatives of ACB and also of our Alliance on Aging and Vision Laws. So that's that's my promo first. Um, but the, the, the specific um, area that I've been working on or one of the areas in uh, around the aging and visual loss national coalition is this consumer advocacy project. We put together uh, a number of experts, both experts in in several fields as well as consumers uh, that are interested in advocacy and have experience with, experience with advocacy. And uh, the goal was to ultimately. Uh, provide a curriculum that would be used to train older people who are blind or visually impaired to advocate. Um, and so it, it's not a it's not a curriculum to teach uh, people self advocacy skills so much, you know, or um, people that may still be going through adjustment issues, etc. So this is is it assumes that those participants are already have gone through training and uh, have dealt with some of those the initial um, issues around vision loss, etc. But are interested in making a difference on a systems level, uh, and specifically, what we hope to do, among other things, is to have a new cadre of people that will be trained that will be able to advocate on behalf of the Teddy Joyce law once once it becomes introduced. Um, so we identified or the group identified a number of issues around which we would practice and uh, role play and and um, and and play with quote unquote uh, several uh, areas of, uh, of advocacy. So we identify things like transportation. Uh huh. What a what a a find that was since nobody else 
we never talk about transportation. <laughs> so that was easy to come up with. But we also talked, we also identified things like um, uh, Medicaid reimbursement for services or the lack of it, um, um, uh, emergency preparedness, uh, and the the existence of or the the intersection of aging services or age or services for people who are older uh, and blindness services. So and then for each of those components, we identify the very several phases of advocacy that we will implement we will uh, discuss around each of those issues. So for example, um, the, the first phase is to, to become familiar with the problem, right? What is the problem? What is the issue? What is the barrier? Uh, so, and that's where we have also the experts that came in and, and help write a curriculum or a uh, introduction to the issue, right? Uh, the, once we are familiar with the with the issue and what the, the barriers or the, the challenges are, we talk about what is it that we want to change? You know, what is our goal? And then as part of that, we have to figure we have to identify what's been worked on before, what's been done, what worked, what didn't work. And boy, around transportation, we have a lot of stuff that have been done for years and years uh, or tried. And then, and then once we we have that, we will work on okay. So then, what what is the change that we want to do? And then we talk about the strategies. What strategies are have been proven to be successful uh, in advocacy? So we'll talk about identifying who who perhaps the influencer influencers in that area are, how to reach them, how to use social media. To, to to reach them and to get the, the message across, how you craft the message. Um, and then after that, we have, um, we talk about um, how do you evaluate your success? You know, how do you determine whether or not you're making a change? And if not, how do you regroup and not start over, but, you know, take a different angle if need be? Um, so we, we anticipate that this will take seven sessions of about an hour to an hour and a half each, probably more like an hour and a half since we all like to talk. <laughs> and, and initially will be online uh, using Zoom, but certainly now that you know services are becoming more and more, uh, uh, some services are going back to people are, are going back to work to their locations and offices etc and more and more people are meeting and in groups etc so i i can imagine that the 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 outline in this curriculum could certainly ultimately be offered also on a face-to-face -face basis for groups that are already established or a new group um do you want me to talk about next week doug um First of all, uh, before you do that, uh, how over what period of time will those seven sessions occur? Uh, I think uh, the goal is to do it weekly, weekly to try to build on each session, build on the previous session, and it take a lot longer. You know, break I think would be harder to do, and just to get the the motivation, the interest going. I think we 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 foresee it to be weekly. Okay. Because that's pretty and, intense in terms of trying to implement the advocacy strategies, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, but obviously, the 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 idea. I think what we the the the, the specific areas that we're using, we're using them as examples, right? So we're not expecting that at the end of this seven week session that people have figured out how to solve the transportation problem. That's not the. <laughs> Not the issue. <laughs> I wish I could. Wouldn't that be with them? Wonderful, right? <laughs> right. But we'll have a cadre of people that will at least be more familiar with the whole issue of transportation if they weren't before, and what some of the the strategies may be to to try to tackle that, and then you know find other other venues where they can they can implement those. Okay. Sure. Why don't you go ahead and talk about next week then? 
So, and this is where, you know, I, I was saying the, the, how fortunate I am that the goals and some of the, the, the initiatives are being carried out by the AVLNC and the Asian Alliance on Asian Vision Laws and ACB in general um, come together. So ACB is starting this weekend their uh, leg virtual legislation legislative conference, and then the following week they will have the uh, the the actual in person legislative conference in Washington D.C. But as part of the virtual one, uh, they they are have identified several um, several workshops, many workshops and and presentations, and uh, I was fortunate to be picked uh, thanks to the the uh, suggestion of Jeff Tom and Jeff is one of the board along with Doug one of the board members of ACB but also was very uh, critical in helping out with the uh, the curriculum development for the self-help uh, advocacy project so uh, not self-help the advocacy project so Jeff suggested um to have um, this as one of the topics for one of the mini workshops. So we are doing that on Monday, the 6th, from 3 to 3.45. So if you have not registered and you're inter interested in registering, you have to register for the for the virtual, um, or actually you can actually listen to it also on the uh, ACB media streams. Uh, but what we will do that there is actually we identified a topic, uh, a, a topic of legislation that has happened uh, in California. Jeff is one that suggested it. And we're gonna put it through its spaces uh, using the, the various phases of advocacy that we identified for our curriculum. So I'll talk a little bit about each phase. For example, the first one, identifying the problem, learning about it, what's been done, et cetera. And then Jeff will talk um, in more specific terms, how that was done in California for that particular topic. And then we'll go on through the, all the, the four phases of the uh, of the project. So it's, it, I mean, it's 45 minutes, so it's not a long time, but we're hoping to get people interested in this project because the next thing that we need to do uh, towards the end of, of March and, and obviously during April and May is to identify uh, volunteers from uh, the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss uh, affiliate, as well as others that, but older people who are blind or visually impaired are interested in participating in a pilot project to um, to put these through its spaces. And um, so hopefully we'll be able to generate some interest both today and as well as uh, during the, uh, the uh, presentation next week, Monday. We haven't talked about it, um, but uh, how how would people identify themselves as being interested in in participating in your program? Well, the pilot project. So we have not identified that, but I mean, I I, uh, I guess we will send out an email. Certainly, it will be easy to do do for the. Um, throughout getting the word out throughout the Alliance on Aging and Visual Loss and actually sure. the ACB as well. So if we do it through the either okay. probably the leadership list um, okay. and then okay. try to get involved that way. Sounds good. Um, it's, not a, it's not a lot of people we're looking for. I mean, you, you really don't want to, for a group to be successful, you don't want to, you know, 15, 20, 25 people. Okay. Really, I'm thinking more in terms of eight to 10 to most people to uh to go through that got it great um mm -hmm. before i open it to people raising their hands go ahead and start raising your hands danette did you have any questions that you wanted to ask before we move to uh people from the zoom and from clubhouse no i'm just here to to, to i'm just here to learn but okay yeah but let's go to raising hands okay good so, uh, Trish, do we have any hands raised yet? Yes, we do. Jeff, Tom, go ahead and unmute, please. Good afternoon, Oops. Jeff. Okay. Yes, no, I'm here. Uh, I, just two things. Uh, first, I just wanted to compliment um, our guests today. It has been such a pleasure um, to work with all of them. 
over the past few years. They really are uh, a demonstration of the commitment that so many people have to the cause of improving services to people who are blind or who have low vision. And what's most impressive um, for all of you is that they have welcomed AAVL with totally open arms and, um, you know, it's been so refreshing to have been uh, a part of this coalition. And, and now we're carrying that on um, since Doug has taken over as well. So, and my second comment is to give you a sneak preview of the topic that you're going to be hearing about next week, uh, if you choose to listen to Anisio and I, it is going to be the intriguing uh, pedestrian safety issue of electric scooters and what we did in California. And I'm not going to give any more away. <laughs> All right. A good teaser. <laughs> That's right. Very good, Jeff. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff has not the meeting. And we have, we, it sounded like there was a telephone number, right? That uh, had their hand raised and it was recognized to speak. Yes. Hello, Doug. Hello. Who's, who's that? Jane Perry calling from Falmouth, Massachusetts, your Cape Cod connection. How? And I am very intrigued about this um, thing that Anusio is doing and also with transportation. And uh, um, I am older, and uh, I hope that this coalition, you know, we talk about people that have older, have uh, macular degeneration and glaucoma, but I hope they don't forget about my, my eye disease called retinitis pigmentosa because it has affected my life, but it's affected in a very positive way, people that know me. And I love advocacy and transportation. And I live on Cape Cod, and everybody loves to come to visit on Cape Cod. However, we did a study years ago. Every town on Cape Cod, and there's 15 of them, has one-third of their population is older or baby boomers. So I think it's very important that have these two um, ladies on talk about what they're doing, and I thank you. And I look forward to maybe getting involved and hopefully sending an email to Anusio. I don't know how to get in touch with him and uh, um, perhaps uh, how to get in touch with these, these women because uh, I think it's important to let people know. And uh, Great. I thank you for your call. Let me All right. My Thanks so much. Um, uh, I think uh, Sharon Struskowski. Yes. yes, go ahead, Sharon. Hi. I have a question about the data, um, and that is... Um, in Massachusetts, where I am, we have a register of legally blind people, but I don't believe that every state does. So I'm just wondering how you get the numbers and are they calculated the same, if you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, this is Lee. Are you, is the question, are you referring to the numbers in our big data report? Yes. Yes. No, that is not how we get them. We are analyzing two data sets. Uh, one of them is the American Communities Survey, ACS, that yeah. is conducted by the uh, CDC. And then the second one, it's a big long name, the Behavioral Risk Factor Surveillance System, or the acronym is BRFSS. And that's a telephone survey that is conducted paid for by the CDC, but it's conducted in every state, usually by your state's health department. And um, they they try to get as many people on the phone to talk to and answer a whole bunch of questions. Mm -hmm. And they've been doing that for decades now. So it's considered a, uh, one of the more reliable sources of data. Oh, it's just curious to me that you don't take advantage of the legal blindness data that is there, and well, that's because it doesn't exist in most states. Yeah, I was okay. going to say you got to you got to okay. compare apples and apples. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Say, so, Doug, before we take that last hand, do you want to check with Clubhouse? Good point. Herbie, do we have anybody in in Clubhouse? 
We do not. All right. Thank you. Roberta, you're up. Hi. Um, when Chris was talking about committees, I did not hear, I may have missed it, anything regarding personnel prep. And I'm wondering where to go if that would be my interest. We do have a committee, a quality services committee. Yes, we do. Uh, okay. The access to quality services. I, I must have missed that. But yes, we that is a that's a primary focus of that committee is personnel prep. So if you're interested in that, Roberta, they'd love for you to join them. Absolutely. <laughs> Roberta and Roberta was on the uh, the um, I'm also the co chair of the Rehabilitation Issues Task Force that ACB has. And uh, we were talking about uh, one of the things that we're talking about is having at convention uh, people who have been coaching other people, coaching consumers in the rehabilitation process and um, trying to sort of expand that service that we can provide to people as they enter the rehab uh, system, uh, coaching them so that they can get the most out of the rehab experience. And we were thinking, you know, I mean, this is out of the box thinking and, and just sort of, you know, brainstorming at this point. But if we get a, co a cadre of people doing that, that uh, they may be... Uh, actually primed to uh, enter the profession as, uh, you know, as vision rehabilitation therapists or, you know, whatever other, other service providers in the, in the rehab system. Yeah, that's uh, wonderful. So happy yeah. to hear that you're doing that. Yeah. So it just, it just came up recently. So um, thinking outside the box here. So needed. I think that could really help a lot of people. Roberta, were you finished with your question? I just gave her permission to talk so she can. Okay. Unmute again, I think. There we go. How about that? Um, yep. I just, I just wanted to share that what you're just talking about, Doug, is already in the works um, in Michigan. And we're already developing a program, um, a, a, a private group, not, it's not a state agency thing. It's other, a, another group of folks to do exactly that, to coach, to, to try and be a bridge between the medical profession and the rehab profession for newly blinded individuals as they're trying to negotiate getting involved in rehab. Super, super. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna want to keep uh, keep uh, abreast of what what you guys are doing there because that's so critical. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Uh, any other hands raised? We have no more hands. All right. Well. Um, mm -hmm. Any. Any other comments from any of the panelists? This is Lee. I, I guess I would like to just make it clear that you needn't be a member of Vision Serve Alliance. You know, you needn't be a dues-paying organization or working for one of those organizations to join AVLNC. We are a group of primarily unpaid volunteers. So anyone who's interested in joining us on working on any of these committees or subcommittees, just let Anisio, mm -hmm. Libby, Chris, I know that you're interested and we'll get you hooked up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And give, why don't you give your, um, the, the website address again, please? Sure. It's www.visionservealliance, all one word, dot org. Super. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely want to thank Lee and Libby and Pris and, and Anisio for coming on today. And um, I think this has been really uh, good information for, for our members. And um, so I thank you very much for giving your time to, to letting us know what you guys are all up to. Hey, Doug, can I make an announcement of what, what we're doing next month? 
And you may do that, please. Thank you. So next month, on the fourth Monday, we are doing, which would be the 27th of March, we are doing um, um, solving positive solutions with our medical team. Yes. And we probably do need one more panelist. If you'd like to be a panelist, let Doug know and we'll all get you hooked up. Cool. So, yeah. So if you've had a positive experience where you've walked in and and, uh, been able to advocate for better interaction with your uh, medical team, um, please let me know at president at aavl dash blind dash seniors dot org. Um, and uh, uh, also, if you've been hanging out and been uh, uh, keep forgetting to sign up for the we Alliance. We do have to aging. run because we're holding up we, another stream. We, we oh. are at the top of the hour. Oh, are we? Uh, okay. All right. Thanks for having so, us, guys. <laughs>